for about a half an hour here. Are you hungry? Are you hungry? Praise God. That bread was a, that wasn't the, uh, that was a different kind of substance in essence. But for the several past couple months, two, probably three months now, we had started a series and it was basically on take heed what you hear. It was about hearing how we hear the word of God, why we hear the word of God, et cetera, et cetera. And it's because of this is that uh, Carol and I, we were away and we were talking about, uh, when we were away, we were just talking about what God's doing. We, I assure you of this, we don't want to, have, uh, to be um, just repetitious type of preachers or teachers, just going to a certain manual and just bringing sermonettes out. We want to be connected on God's page. That's our heart to really be on God's page of what he's doing right now. Well, that was a good time to say, well, glory to God. Yeah, that's what, amen. You should want your leaders to be on the page. Amen. Because you want to be on the page, right? And through this process, there was a, a couple things, if I can just highlight it real fast. Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, take heed what you hear. For in the measure you use what you hear, it'll be measured to you. Amen. But he gave that, it's a, it was a, not a, a harsh warning, but he, it was an, a very alerting, urgent warning from the master, our master, the one who lo loves us beyond description. We can't put words to the, define his love. Agapeo, we know it's an unconditional love that he loves everybody in this room and he loves all humanity with. Jesus possessed the ability to, to deliver and forgive Adolf Hitler. Eichmann. Also involved with the, the Nazi movement. Jesus possessed and inhabits, encapsules the ability to forgive the most gross sinner. Because love never fails. His blood was shed to, to forgive and cleanse even the most horrid sinner that you and I would say, man, you know, crucify him. We would be like the Jews in some cases of people. Crucify him. Amen. Because of the hardness or the horror of their crimes. You're acting like you're all holier than that. Well, it's just true. But Jesus has the love of the Father in him. God so loved the world that he sent his son. Amen. We know that. So Jesus said, take heed what you hear for in the measure you use, it'll be measured unto you. And we also have highlighted this in the, in the past several weeks. The church has a voice. God wants you and I to be public. He wants the word and the faith that you and I have and believe to be active. And it's active in all of our language. He wants it to be active in all of our words. He wants it to be active in all of our actions. He knows that we have responsibilities in life. He has supplied the means, the capabilities, the gifts, graces that are necessary in us, the abilities for employment. 
the ability to retain and to learn trades and crafts. Amen. And hallelujah, that's all from him. Why? So he, it's a source of provision for you and I, but also in that t- at the same time, it's a mission field. You and I need to have our thinking tweaked that everywhere, every day, everywhere I go, I don't have to go to Africa. I don't have to go to Europe. I may not be called to Africa. I want to say this. You, you and I need to be willing to go to Africa if God wants to send us there. You and I need to be willing to go to Europe if God wants us to go to Europe. You and I need to be willing to go to Asia if God wants us to go to Asia or the uttermost parts of the earth. Come on, preach back. Glory to God. Amen. See, that, that's the willingness of God and the gratitude that gratitude in our hearts for what you and I have been forgiven of. Hallelujah. Lord, I'll go wherever you need me to go. I'll do whatever you need me to do. Lord, I'll say whatever you need me to say. See, that should be our demeanor on on every day of our life. I'll pray whatever you need me to pray. It's quiet in this church. I, I didn't have any manpower here to bring it down. So, God is good. Matthew 11, 12. I'm going somewhere with this. The past two weeks, we talked about Jude 3, right? Right? Do you remember? Jude 3, hold your place in Matthew 11. That's where we're going to launch. But I'm going to read this just for your remembrance. Jude wrote this in his letter. Beloved, while I was very diligent, I was very diligent. You can leave that verse up there. But I'm going to listen to what I'm saying from Jude 3. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Now, this is the stepbrother of Jesus. Amen. He had, he not only knew the Savior, he had the, he had a relationship with the Father because of his stepbrother, amen. He had been a follower of Christ. He got saved and he got baptized in the Holy Ghost and he was a preacher of the gospel. And he, carrying the heart of God, brought this message and it was penned down for you and I by the Spirit of God for the church because God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. His word has the capability to divide soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and judge the thoughts and the intents of the heart of every human on the earth. Hallelujah. Shout hallelujah for me, please. Well, come on, guys. You just had a praise session. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So he says, contend earnestly for the faith which was once delivered for all the saints. I'm a little ahead of myself, but I'm going to come back here. to Let's go into Matthew 11. I wanted to remind you that that's part of the message to you and I. Now, it was back there in the over 2,000 years ago penned, or 2,000 years plus approximate, plus or minus. Amen? But it's still living and active right now. Now, here's the important thing. 
This isn't, this isn't just a sermon. It's not just a message. It's the heart of God for you individually and for this congregation. There's a way that you and I need to hear what's being preached and taught. And it's directly connected with the value and the understanding of what you're ready to receive when you gather with the saints of God. And what you're ready to receive from the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God through an Ephesians 4.11 minister. Amen. Hallelujah. Why? Because now faith is. Guess what? October 7, 2018 only existed in the heart of God. But today you and I are living it. We're not just living, you know, in, uh, well, in Barrington, New Jersey, wherever you're from. Right now you are possessing a 24-hour time frame to be fruitful for the kingdom of God. Today is October 7, 2018, and God wants you and I to be fruitful and have influence in this day. Hallelujah. This day is, wow, glory to God. That's why David said it. This is the day the Lord has made. Hallelujah. Yesterday was the day the Lord made. Tomorrow is the day that will be. Amen. October 8th ain't here yet. October 7th is here. And there's 24 hours for you and I to fill that thing with faith. To fill that 24-hour increment period with faith, hope, and love. Glory to God. No, we can't be everywhere physically in the world. But you know what? We can carry the Father's heart for the world. Starting with our very own family. Starting with our very own self. Not in a selfish way, but to love ourselves. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. So the way you can I, I, listen, that has a direct effect on how you and I love other people. If we don't love ourselves, we're going to have difficulty loving others. That's what, the, that's what the word of God says. So you need to go in front of your mirror in the morning and say, you're so pretty. You're so handsome. Yeah. <laughs> You're God's chosen to be fruitful today. Amen. Singing songs and psalms, spiritual hymns to one another, making melody in your heart to the Lord. <laughs> Look at Matthew eleven twelve. Now, there's a context here. And Jesus was just in the previous verses talking about John the Baptist and the impact that he had on them. Amen. John was in prison now and very dis, uh, dis, discouraged, disillusioned. John the Baptist was. And, and Jesus said regarding John in the previous verses, he said that he was Elijah to come. Now, he wasn't Elijah the person, but he had that mantle of Elijah that Elijah had when he was on the earth. Amen. He had that mantle. What happened to Elijah after he defeated all the prophets of Baal, slaughtered them, called fire down out of heaven? Jezebel sends a, a, a message out and says, tomorrow this same thing's going to happen to you. To, within a 24-hour time period, the same thing you did to my prophets, I'm going to make sure it happens to you, Elijah. And he gets all freaked out by her judgment call and escapes into the wilderness. He just called down fire out of heaven. And a woman, not a woman, a demonic spirit that had authority in that region spoke through a vessel. 
And she was so wicked in her decisions. Amen. And, and listen, that spirit, like Carol just talked about the other night, that spirit doesn't only happen through women. It can happen through men. It's a spirit, and the Jezebel spirit hates God's prophets. The Jezebel spirit, that demonic entity, hates the God's prophets, which now, on this side of the cross, encapsulates the four, uh, five, four, Ephesians 4 ministry gifts. Jezebel hates the apostles. Jezebel hates prophets. Jezebel hates evangelists. Jezebel hates pastors. Jezebel hates teachers. And endeavors to threaten them and intimidate them. That's her job. That's that spirit's job. To to what? Silence them. Put fear in the leaders of God. And it's happening all over this nation. Hallelujah. By grace through faith, it's not going to happen here. I don't mean this boldly or, 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 or foolishly or flippantly or in pride, but we will never compromise this pulpit to fear our government to not preach the truth and tell the truth about what's going on in society and what's going on in our nation. If it means losing a 501c3, so be it. We're going to tell the truth. We're going to speak the truth in love, and we're going to make sure that the saints of God in this house, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to have an honest relationship with God and men. Luke 2.52 said Jesus had favor with God and men as he grew in stature. And that's going to be the position of you. You don't ever have to cower to any question about, and get, you know, the Bible says avoid disputes or, and things like that. But I'll tell you what, the Bible also says at the same time, make a defense for the hope that lies within you. You and I need to be ready, willing, and able to speak the truth in love, but not compromise. We don't have to get over any argument. Because people will want to pull you into the argument because they want, me, they want you to know that what they believe and why they believe it. But they don't want to know what you believe and why you believe it. See, that's the way the spirit of Antichrist works. It wants your ear, but it doesn't want you, doesn't want to give you his, his or her ear. So that's one way you know you're dealing with the spirit of Antichrist. That's a free nugget for you, by the way. When people want to hear the, the gospel of Jesus Christ or the good things of God from you, that means there's, a, there's an operation there of hope in them. There's somebody praying for them. As all this stuff was happening on the platform today, and Pastor Carol is ministering, I was stirred on the inside, and I thought, wow, what is happening? What is happening? What is this thing that's happening with society, with people hearing the good news of Jesus Christ, with this fruit report? Everybody in here needs to have a fruit report. You should have a fruit report, glory to God. Amen. A fruit report can be a prayer you prayed and God answered. Hallelujah. Answer prayers. Hey, that's a unique thing, isn't it? Answer prayers. That would be a good testimony. Well, I believe I receive when I pray. Well, did it come yet? Have you seen the answer? Hallelujah. Testify. Listen, how you know, in Revelation it says, they overcame the devil. The body of Christ overcomes the devil by the word of their testimony and the blood of the lamb. Or vice versa. By the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Our, your testimony, I want to say this, your testimony 
of God using you and working through you is powerful. And as you share, like, wow, I was praying for this and God answered it. That's simple. It's powerful. What's it do? It produces hope in those whose prayers are not yet been answered. There's nothing worse than a praying community that doesn't see results. We need to believe that we receive the things we ask when we pray. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus said. Is there something out there? I Hallelujah. Amen. Matthew eleven twelve. Jesus brings the thing where we fast forward and he go talk, get the different things previous to this verse. I encourage you to read Matthew 11. But he gets to verse 12 and he says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. But the violent take it by force. Look in your Bibles. And also, if you don't have a Bible with you today, look at the screen. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Not by cash, being casual. The violent don't take the kingdom by being casual or passive. Are you, do you agree with me? Do you all agree with what the word says? Now there's a, well, connect the dots here, pastor. I'd love to. Now, I'm going to read to you from an Adams Clark commentary concerning this verse. So please let me wash you with it. You're not going to find this commentary in your Bible. The tax gatherers and pagans, the say that sinner folk, everybody say sinner folk. Do you know any? I was one, and I was good at it. But I am grateful that I am now a saint by the love and grace and mercy of God. You and I, you too, you're all sinners at one time. You are all sinners. <laughs> I felt pretty good. You are all sinners. But now you're the saints of the Most High God. <laughs> I know I am a sinner. <laughs> Tax gatherers and pagans, whom the scribes and Pharisees think have no right to the kingdom of the Messiah. So sinner folk all around us who have yet to be saved, right? They became filled with holy zeal and earnestness. They desired to seize the mercy of the gospel and to take the kingdom by force. From those learned doctors who claim for themselves the chiefest places in the kingdom. So the scribes, Pharisees, and Sadducees had a form of godliness and denied the power. Jesus comes on the scene and what's he bring? The love of God and the power of God into their reality. That's what you and I need to do. Bring the love of God and the power of God into people's situations. That's the mission of the church. Communicate the love of God and communicate the power of God. Ha! Shaka. Yes, hallelujah, Carol. Say, that's my job. Church, say by faith, that's my job. 
Hallelujah. Yeah, don't sit there like a bump on a log. I want you, you need to exercise your faith right there in those seats. And if you're, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. not going to say it. <laughs> on this verse. All right, could you put the Amplified up, please, Rich? Thanks, honey. Amp it out. <laughs> Let's do this with amplification. <laughs> this mic gives me amplification through a sound system. Go to the amplified version, please, Rich. Okay, let's read this together. Let's read this together out loud. Look at the screen and read it out loud. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent assault, and violent men seize it by force as a precious prize. You know what? There's a revised Amplified. Well, let's read the one you have. Okay. Let me me read this one. And from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault. So, and violent men seize it by force. We become violent against the powers of darkness because the kingdom of God is not going to be defeated. So the, 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 um, the anointing of the, of the most holy one that lives inside of us yeah. rises up to the occasion. Yeah. And we turn against the powers of darkness. And that's why it says, And violent men seize it by force as a precious prize and share in the heaven, heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense Exertion. That's yeah. We got to change this one out, Brian. We got to change that out. We got to change that out. Say our ardent zeal. And what was the last part? An intense exertion. Say ardent zeal. Intense exertion. Say it again. With ardent zeal. And intense exertion. Say it again so we get it. I need to live with ardent zeal and with intense exertion. See, that, don't you see how that just synchronizes with Jude's letter to you and I and his exhortation? Contend earnestly for the faith. What's that mean? What's that encompass? Ardent zeal and intense exertion. Amen. That's great. That's a, we have to get that translation up there. All right. Now, let's go on here. Let me read to you. So, tax gatherers and pagans are literally sinner folk, are filled all of a sudden with this a holy zeal, a desire for the truth of the gospel. Amen. That's what it's saying here. The, from the days of, well, it also goes on, and I'm going to describe it more in a minute. But... As worship was going on this morning and the Spirit of God was touching and touching each one individually but collectively, what hit me was this, because I knew where I was going to, well, I, if the Lord was going to allow me to bring this forth. <laughs> but I had an idea of where it was going to go. But I realized this, that in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul, he penned something down for you and I to give us a clue. 
and he reveals something by the Spirit to you and I so that we can know what's going on with those who reject the gospel, who reject you, who reject us at times because of who we are, because of whose we are. They reject us if we begin to share our faith even a little bit or say even bring Jesus. into. Listen, people aren't so much, they don't so much complain about hearing God. But when you start saying Jesus, that's when devils start getting stirred up. Listen, the devil doesn't get stirred up when you and I just say God and bring God to the equation. But when you and I begin to bring Jesus into the equation, that's how you start testing spirits. That's how the discerning of the spirits can be, begin to be poised to be activated in our lives. Because that's what John said. Test every spirit. If you believe that Jesus Christ came in the flesh and you can testify of that, then I got something to work with. But if you reject Jesus coming in the flesh, then you have a spirit of antichrist. Antichrist, fueled by the devil. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelieving people. That's what Paul says. He says, hey, church, do you remember before you got saved? Do you remember that you were blind yourself? Do we remember that we were once dead? Or we just celebrate our Christianity. Oy. Oh, praise God, I'm saved. That's good enough. I'll do my duties, pay my tithes, go to church, fellowship with the saints, kumbaya, dance. No, there's no reward in that. You're going to go to heaven. But, man, we have work to do. We have light. Well, no, we, we have light, but we are light to be. We are light to be. To be light. What's that mean? Light influences a room. Light influences space and time. Hallelujah. That's good. Say light influences space and time. Uh, Vince, can you go back there and shut all the lights off? Ryan, kill the cans if you could for a minute, or Ridge or somebody, these guys. <sighs> Pretend that's not there. Well, I, I can see that you're here, but... It's only because the shades are open and these things, there's lumens in here. This is up here. Put the lights on, please, then. Light fills space and time. See, you and I, we need more understanding of who we are because of whose we are. But I, I, we, we'll never forget who, well, you, we, I say it that way because Christ is the answer and the reason that we are light beings. But Paul said, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelieving that perhaps they would see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. So humanity has an adversary that wants to damn their soul to hell forever. Guess what? We are in that group. 
we were in previous to being saved. We were in the valley of the damned. We were damned and judged to burn in hellfire forever. But thanks be unto God. Hallelujah. Somebody, say somebody, laid their life down, laid their life down, and prayed for me. And yeah, what, how, what do the prayers of the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous do? It begins to remove the veil of unbelief off the soul of somebody. So they have the capability to now start hearing the good news of Jesus. And by hearing, they see their need. Well, I need a ministry. Kenneth Hagin Sr. used mightily of God through all his ministry as a prophet of God, speaking and, and working, God using him to work miracles and healings and moving in the gifts and power of God. Towards the conclusion of his life, he made this statement. He said, if it was up to me, I would be grateful to God if I could just be an intercessor. I would that God would allow me just to be an intercessor in prayer because of the, cape, the, the people that he interacted with in that realm of intercession were such faith men and women that did exploits for God in prayer. And he understood that that's the way the kingdom advances. He understood that's the way the church grows. If you have the word only, you dry up. If you have the spirit only, you'll blow up. But when you have the word and the spirit, you grow up. I, and we, listen, here's where the difference. But if God's not happy with you and I just being a believer. He loves us, but that doesn't please him only. He's pleased that you and I made Jesus Savior, but where is Jesus Lord in our life? There's a huge difference. Everybody wants to get their bacon out of hell. We're glad to take him as Savior. That makes me a believer. But he didn't say go make believers. He said go make disciples of the nations. Disciplined followers of the Lamb of God. People who are committed, consecrated, consecrated to God on a daily basis. Not smooth Sunday morning onlys. Not just midweekers. Not just two, two calendar day years. Not just Christmas and Easterers. How stupid can leaders be? In a religious organization to say, well, at least you make your duty Christmas and Easter and you'll go to heaven. No, you're going to burn in hell. Lying prophets. Doctrines of demons. Jesus said in him, the Bible says in him, the Bible says in him, Paul, in the book of Acts, in him, we live. In him we live and move and have our being. It's not in religion. 
It's in him. Glory to God. I should make bet you put a leap. It's in him. Glory to God. Right where you're sitting right now, you ought to go, whoop, just off your seat. It's in him I live. I'm getting used to these contacts. Jesus. Whew. Let me finish that statement. Well, here, Christ himself said this. This is back with the Matthew eleven twelve bridge. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Now, the kingdom of heaven suffering violence. Let me, let's connect the dot here. Yeah, I want it in the New King James. The kingdom of heaven suffering violence is sometimes you see you have two different applications in the same verse. Now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. What he's referring to here is the religious oppression that the Pharisees and Sadducees put on the people. There's a kingdom of God that God wanted established in the earth. And there was a time the Jewish people did it with love and reverence. But it had gotten corrupted into this legal system. Amen? So the kingdom was suffering violence by the religious community. But then he says, but the violent take it by force. And he's talking about the sinner folks that were responding to the word of God as Jesus preached. That's what happened. The kingdom was suffering violence because the Lamb of God came with a different message than religion was giving them. Religion was saying, this is what you must do. This is how you must live. And Jesus came and said, I've come to make a way to the Father for you. Hallelujah. That you're not orphans anymore when you put your faith in me. I'm going to reconnect you to daddy. Hallelujah. Yeah. Shaka. Amen. Christ himself said, the tax gatherers and harlots go before you into the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 7. That's what he said to Pharisees and Sadducees. Tax gatherers and harlots truly enter the kingdom before you, Pharisees and Sadducees. Wow. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's the way they answered him. They looked at him just the same way you're looking at me right now. Huh? How'd you, like to read, how'd you like to be on the receiving end of the stuff Jesus said to the religious leaders? Jesus loved the people. My God. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And he knew that he was their shepherd. Come on. He loved them. But to the religious leaders, God had a lot to say. And the strength of the, of the, of the I can say this, of the temper and anger of God. Manifested through Jesus in that temple when he over, you know, overturned the tables and the money changers. The Bible says that before that happened, before he started turning the tables over, guys, that he took the time to make a whip. He was in that temple when he fashioned a whip in, as he was looking on at the corruption that had happened in the Father's house. The Lamb of God, the Prince of Peace. The lion of the tribe of Judah. He looked on the corruption that had happened in his house. And I'll tell you what, his eyes are still going to and fro in the earth right now. His eyes are going to and fro in this building right now, in this facility, looking at every and each and every one of us. Saying, what will you do with what you're hearing today? My sons and daughters, I love you, but I'm holding you accountable for what you hear today. You're not here to fill a seat. You're not here just to pay your tithe. You are here to be equipped for the work of ministry. That's what God's saying. Hallelujah. 
If you're man enough, be here again next week. If you're woman enough, be here next week. If not, find a church where your ears can get tickled. I love you. Wow. That's just the truth. All hell will oppose him. I'm sorry, let me come back here. Christ himself said, tax gatherers and harlots go before you into the kingdom. He that will take, this is the statement by the, the commentator. He, that person who will take, get possession of the kingdom of righteousness, peace, and spiritual joy must be in earnest. You've got to want the kingdom. A lot of people in Christianity and in the church have an entitlement mentality still. Because I'm God's son, I'm God's daughter, I deserve this. No, you don't deserve it. It's been provided as a blessing. He deserves it. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. You and I didn't receive forgiveness cheap. The blood of Jesus and his suffering was not cheap. But it's wonderful. My God, what a love, what love for you and I and for all humanity. All hell will oppose him in every step he takes. Listen, that's part of the battlefield. That's why we're putting in emphasis constantly. And, uh, and I, I don't want to use the word harp, exhort. If you think about it, well, they're always harping on me. That's the carnal, fleshly, worldly thinking. No, we're, we're, we're petitioning. We're, we're, we're exhorting you, admonishing the church. Please pray. Please be at prayer. Please, let's pray together. Why? Because there are souls that need the veil removed from their, from their minds. And yes, well, I can pray at home. Well, glory to God. Yes, you, and you can and should. You should. But it, that is not an excuse from corporate prayer. There's something God does in corporate prayer that can happen not individually. Because of God's design. Whatever happened to family meals on Sundays? There was a time that families had family meals on Sunday afternoons. They go to church, and that afternoon or that evening, the family would gather. That's why we never started Sunday evening services. Many churches have morning and evening services on Sundays because people have different schedules and all. We prayed and believed that God directed us that he loves family. And families need to have time together. So that's why the course we took, that's the decision we made. We believe we're synchronized with the heart of the Father for this house. We don't judge any other house. We're not responsible for any. Praise God if you meet twice, three times a day. Glory, got to go for it. Amen. We have midweek refueling. We have prayer meeting. Hallelujah. We have opportunities to gather in his name collectively. It's not, listen, gathering isn't always convenient. I have found this, that most of the good things that are fruitful and productive and, and good, where we experience the good things of God is when it's out of our convenience realm. Because why? There's a little bit of sacrifice involved. 
I worked all day. Yeah, and? Where's your faith? I have to, you know, well, you don't know what time I get up. Well, show up and leave early if you have to. But be involved. And I don't mean that legally. It's like, where's the of the Father? Lord, remove the veil of the misunderstandings of the importance of the assembly in Jesus' name. Open our eyes to the Father's heart. Psalm 133 is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. How beautiful it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Dwell together in unity. Forget not the assembling of yourselves together. All the more as the day approaches, as is the habit of some. Do not neglect assembling yourselves together, as is the habit of some. Say habit of some. Not me. Mm -mm, not me. I, I'm not going to let that be a habit in my life, neglecting the assembling with the saints. Why? God said it's good. Let's dial, let's dial the scripture back to Genesis. God said light be, and light was, and God said it's good. When he says something and it comes to pass, it's good. It's good when he says it. But, oh, it's sweet when it comes to pass. Do not neglect the assembling of yourselves together as is the habit of some. All the more as the day approaches. That was written how long ago? Come on, help me out. Take a shot. 2,000 years? Say 2,000. We're a little bit closer, right? Would you agree? Say all the more. All the more. Preach at me. Come on, to act like I'm not an attender. Act like I'm not a regular coming now to all the more, Pastor. Glory to God. <laughs> all hell will oppose him in every step he takes. If a man be not absolutely determined in giving up his sins, evil companions, and have his soul saved at all hazards and at every expense, he will surely perish everlastingly. This requires a violent earnestness. For this verse to be a part of our lifestyle, and I want to say it to you this way. This verse is called to be and written to be a part of our lifestyle and our resolve. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. I'm a part of the violent company. Now, I can say that from now till I turn blue or go home to be with Jesus and never be fruitful. But how do I become a part of this violent force? By believing everything I'm reading in this book and doing it. Believing it and doing it. Believing it and doing it. When I see it, well, listen, here's the good news. It's through the word that we see. You don't have to see it in the natural to believe it. We're called to see it in the word before it even manifests. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. What's that mean? That means we have to become greater students of the word. We need to listen. Everybody in this room. It's a lie from hell that you don't have time to get in the word. Don't buy into it. I don't have time to pray. 
That's a lie from hell. You and I need to redeem time and make time to pray. I can't, I don't have time. I, it's too difficult to assemble with the saints. That's a lie from hell because the Bible tells you and I something different. And I'll listen, the devil can be just blatantly and hit you with thoughts. Maybe there are still unrenewed areas of our mind that need to be washed with the word. You know, a lot of the things that scripture that will help us develop Bible habits, sometimes they, they're a little bitter. Why, why is it that some of the herbs and the things that are very, so good for us are a little bitter to taste? I want things that are sweet. I want things that are really good and palatable. Amen. Don't give me that bitter stuff. But guess what? Some of that bitter stuff is absolutely good for you. Uh, broccoli, Rob. Oh, my God. You know, Italian folk love that stuff and other folks, too. But Italian folk love, man, give me a, you know, a chicken cheesesteak with broccoli, Rob, or, you know, a cheesesteak with broccoli, Rob, whatever, the, you know, uh, provolo sharp provolone. <laughs> I eat that broccoli rob in my, it's like, man, but guess what? Gathering together with the saints was, that's not in my palate. Change your palate. I love to gather with the saints of God. I can't wait to gather with the saints. Look, think about how the atmosphere in here would just change. If you and I had that attitude, I can't wait to gather with God's people. Hallelujah. And you're happy about it. Wouldn't that be a miracle? Hallelujah. I'm going to go to prayer meeting. And you know what? We have a promise in Isaiah 56. God said he's going to bring us to his holy mountain and make us joyful in his house of prayer. Let's see that manifest. Oh, I want to see the, day, the dead raised. I want to see the lame walk. I want to see the blind eyes see. I want to see people happy in the house of prayer. Yeah! <laughs> Hallelujah. Amos 3 7. Where are we at? Oh, man, I got to wrap it up. Everybody say it together. Hallelujah. I preached myself happy. Amos 3 7. And we'll pick this up in the future here. Look at this. Another thing we had talked about, and Pastor Tim covered it before I started this series on hearing different things. But Pastor Tim was pointing out the importance that we, the church, put on the fivefold offices. Not, not, the, not the, the extreme... Unbiblical honor. There's a biblical honor. There's an unbiblical honor. Amen. On those offices. Why? Because these offices have the responsibility of, like the apostle said in the book of Acts, we must give ourselves to the word and prayer. That's the primary responsibility of all of the fivefold offices. Word and prayer. Amen. Why? Because they are, male or female, they are called by God to be in word and prayer so he, the Spirit, can reveal and put in their hearts, in their souls, their minds, the heart of the Father for the next gathering time. 
the heart of the Father for, the, for this gathering today. This is the heart of the Father for today. And the Bible says this in Amos, surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophet. Verse 8 too, Carol. Verse 8, please. A lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? Back to verse 7. That's good. Now look at this. This is still happening today. I thought about it this morning. In the Mormon church, there is a senior prophet at the top of the ladder. And that prophet, whatever that prophet speaks for that faith, is as good as the Bible. That's scary. There's other religions. The Pope in Roman Catholicism is supposed to and positioned as far as that faith is designed to be infallible in what he says is of God. Can't be questioned. That's scary because the word says out of the mouth are two or three witnesses every word is established. God has an insurance policy in his word. Aren't you glad that you have his word to, be your, to, to help you and I be safe? See, this message today is direct, but I tell you what, it's safe. You're in a safe place. And you're in a place where we, as your leaders, we believe in you. We believe in Christ in you. We believe in the spirit of God in you. Yes, life deals us all a lot of bad situations at times. And I don't agree with Billy Joel. Only the good die young. I don't agree with that. I don't buy into that message. I want to say this. A righteous man lives until his or her time is done on this earth. Sometimes things happen prematurely. Yes, we can't always explain. We can't. But we have a promise. Long life while I give to him that loves me. Amen. Hallelujah. And if that long, listen, a long life for one is not long life for another. Jesus died at 33. How many want to follow his footsteps? We already passed it. Most of you. Amen. Follow the lamb, a follower of Christ. Well, you're going to die at 33 or 33 and a half. If you're a real follower of Christ. I mean, I, you, that's an extreme. You hear? Right? Jesus fulfilled the Father's will and his plan perfectly. We have promises in the word and what we can believe for. But I want to say today, and this is such a good thing, let's live today as if he's coming today. But plan that we're going to live to be 100. That's a good plan. Amen? Surely the Lord does nothing unless he reveals secrets to his servants, the prophets. Now with this verse, and I, I know we're just a little bit running over past 1230. Please understand the heart of God and the importance of the fivefold ministry in your life. Thank God for TV and all the technology and all that, but I want to say something. There is no place like home. Ain't no place like home. You need to take your shoes and click them. There's no place like home. 
because this is where you get fed. Now, you may not, God's design, let me just speak about God's design. Because I want this to be the most positive and inspirational day for all of our benefit. God has something special every time we gather. Your prayer for your leaders is never to control them, but it's to simply say, Father, we pray that our leaders, regardless of who's behind that pulpit, that they will be have your heart to feed us today what's necessary for our daily bread and for our weekly bread even at times. Amen? But every time you and I get fed in the corporate settings to help prepare us for our future, that's why we need to value it. Truly, I can say this, I can say this, that the Lord has revealed so, so many things in this house and particularly through Pastor Carol as a prophet of God. She has shared things, and she doesn't look for the title. She don't look for the hoopla or veneration. God has shaped her that way. And it's just like, okay, Lord, thank you that you've placed in our midst. And, and leaders who really want your heart and want the best for us. Amen? So... God has been speaking things, and he's revealed things to his prophets. And it's not just here. It's, it's credible ministries in the body of Christ. When I think of prophets, I think first and foremost of my wife, but then I think of Ken Clement as a prophet of God, a, a, a global prophet of God, speaking about the President Trump back in 2006. Again, in 2011-13, the prophecies coming forth about, I'm going to raise up a trumpet. Are you kidding me? And then and one of those things, I'm going to raise up a man named Trump and a man named Clark. And that police officer that was all through the, the nominations and everything else, his name was Clark. Years before he came on the scene, years before anybody knew him, the prophet of God was speaking... So what happens when you know you have a credible gift speaking? Then you and I take that and we pray, God, let it come to pass. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. He said, I will put one in office that has a loud mouth, but I've given that to him. And people were so offended, and even in the church, so offended by his loud mouth. And I remember the Lord spoke to me, and it was just kind of did like a chuckle. <laughs> he antagonizes, yeah. you know, the enemy. Yeah. He does. And you can see it in the scriptures where others would do the same thing. They antagonize the, the, the enemy. And it's actually bringing confusion to everything that they're trying to do. And, and it's like Trump said the last night, who was just tell me, Lisa, I want you to share that. And then Ryan's going to come down. He wants to share a real quick testimony and a prayer request before we leave. But, um, um, yeah, wait a minute. I just forgot my thought about what President Trump just said. No, 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 no. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. I relinquish it. Okay. Lisa, stand. What? He did say one thing he said. 
the women are going to rise up in this country because the men failed to take their place. And he said, it's your fault, men. <laughs> and I thought that was cute. But, but women are not. But they're at, not. No, they're not. Men are backing down, but we've been saying it in the church all over for years. Mm-hmm. Ministers have been saying men need to cut back come into forward, their place, yeah. come forward. They should be the prayer warriors, and we should be the women. I mean, we should be, they, they're like our Amen. example, and alongside of them. But men and all the women are shaking their heads because, yes, they long for the men to come back into the place and not be so, and not be quiet, not be quiet, not be silent, not be yawning, not be sleeping, and all this. It's security because God's put that there, you know. And so, even in war, the men go, the men go out to war, and the women feel secure and feel safe. You know, well, it's the same thing in spiritual application. I'm so glad, Christy, you're bundled up because I'm sitting here freezing and everybody around me is warm. I'm sweating. (laughs) You're sweating too. (laughs) But wait, can I share this? It's time. Come on up here, Ryan. It's time for men to come up. You know, start praying in the Holy Ghost. Be a part of that that time. Like, you know, don't don't sit back and, and... when we know we have midweek, be here and be on time. Get your family. If my husband, listen, I tell you, I thank God I couldn't get him to be a family man or anything before he gave his life to the Lord. I couldn't get him to participate in things that was good and wholesome for us as husband and wife till he got born again. And when he got born again, I couldn't get him to stay home and stay away from church. I tried everything. And you know what? It was the best example for me because if I could get him to back down and cower to it, it wouldn't have been an example. But we're looking, women, wives, they want their husbands to stand up and be that example it's like come on honey we're going to prayer but but i've got and the kids have we have homework come on honey in other words carol you're going to have to make adjustments in your schedule so that when it's time for i got the deal when it was time for prayer we were there when it was time for our midweeks we had three meetings it looked like the partridge family we had five kids behind us and if the kids had homework they brought their homework with them I mean, we, we were there. We didn't let the kids dictate to us because we had to set the example, train them up in the way they should go. So that's all I'm going to say about that. So, Ryan. Ryan, please. Hello. Um, so, um, now, when Pastor Ray had said earlier in the, in the um, service about um, testimonies and whatnot, so one thing that kind of came to mind is... Uh, I have a coworker that started working where I work about two about two years ago now. You know, young guy, kid, just out of college. Um, it's kind of placed under me, been kind of mentored type of thing. And of course, to him anyway, he tells me that like every day. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's a very good good kid. You know, um, very loyal. Kind of like he's 25, maybe 26. Um, very like I always think it was kind of like puppy dog type of things. Like as long as I mean he's a very hard worker, but if but he's loyal. If you treat him right, like he'll you know he's very very good. 
Um, but it's been a good opportunity to kind of share with him. Been on travel with him a couple times. He's come out to church with me. So it's been a good opportunity to share. It's Catholic background. So it's kind of got a little bit of that. Um, but I do, I add as well. So anyway, it's been good. Um, long story short, kind of like he, he, he himself, um, you know, in spite of all his ailments, got severe allergies to milk and everything. He always has to take EpiPens when we go out to eat and everything like that. So, um, but it's something he's lived with his whole life. Um, on top of all of that, like these past two years, his parents have really had health issues. Um, his father's much older. He had a family. Um, he has like three half brothers that are older. His, his, well, I guess I don't know if he's his step, I don't know, she died before he was born. He remarried, and then, you know, he, that's, he's the son of them. So his mom's probably like 50s age, age range. Um, his father's kind of got onset dementia now. Um, it's been issue with that, and his mom's has had a long, lifelong um, heart condition. Um, years ago, she had a mechanical valve put in, but just recently, these past couple, probably past year, I think she got an infection and it kind of reminded me of, like, I think what Joan had. Um, and then they had to go in. I think they replaced the mechanical valve with a biological valve. And they were seeing that things were going well at first, but they even ran the leads for a pacemaker just in case because they thought she might need it. But things were looking good. They thought they were out of the woods. But a couple, week, couple months ago, basically, you know, her heart went to arrhythmia and, you know, lots of damage. So they had to put the pacemaker in but they can't put it up at her heart because she, they really can't go in there because of the infection. So they have it like in her stomach now. So anyway, they just went to the doctors this week. Basically, they think things are stable now, but all the damage that was done, basically she, the doctor said she couldn't work again. And she's kind of, you know, basically in a kind of disabled state for the rest of her life. So, you know, it's been an opportunity. I said, you know, I know that's a bad report, but you know, I believe in a God who does miracles, and, you know, this is opportunity when the doctors have basically given up on you, that God can do, you know, amazing things and be a testimony to him and what he can do. So I just figured, you know, kind of given that, and um, maybe we could all just agree in prayer for for her. Father, we just come before you in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. And Lord, we just lift up Aaron's mother to you. Father, what you, what you said was what is impossible with man is possible for you, Lord. And Lord, we just lift her up. We speak to her heart. And we speak, we say live in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Father, for doing a miraculous work. You're giving her a new heart in Jesus' mighty name and baffling the doctors, Lord, that, Father, she would be made whole and new and you would re renew her livelihood in Jesus' mighty name. 
Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, and we thank you, Father, first and foremost, Lord God, that, that through all this, Lord, that they would come to know you in a powerful and mighty way, Lord God, that you would not only give her a new physical heart, but you'd give her a new spiritual heart in Jesus' mighty name, Lord God, that she and, the and, her and Aaron and the entire household would know the truth, and the truth would set them free. In Jesus' mighty name, when we pray for we pray for his father, Lord, that you would rewiring his mind and doing a miracle in him. And, Father, we bind all these horrific allergies in Aaron's life. In Jesus' mighty name, that, Father, that he, Father, would be whole and set free. And this would do a miracle in their family, Lord God. In Jesus' mighty name, lift them up. We give you all the glory and the yes, honor and praise. God. In Hallelujah. Jesus' name, we thank you now for the miracle. We thank you that we receive it. That they receive it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Glory to God. And the church said, Amen. Amen. So we expect good reports. Yes. Amen. And Great the damage God. to her heart to be reversed in Jesus' and name. A and a new, new heart. New heart. Absolutely. New heart, new valve, everything. Um, I'm, me and Carrie are going to go up to see my mom. My mom was put on oxygen. So she's going to have to stay on that, you know, Till she, yeah, she's she'll be 90 next year, you know. But um, I am believing for God. There's other things that are probably. I know you might say, well, Carol, health. Okay, we just prayed. God can heal her too. God can heal her too. And and my mom is very open for that and yep. everything. And we talk about that. But there's other issues that I am believing God for, and I am asking the Lord to keep me very sensitive to um, certain needs that she has so if you guys could just pray for that and keep that in agreement you know with me that Amen. yeah lisa my her name is dolores 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 you can call her d d for short mom d mom d yeah dolores yeah one of you Cursed in Jesus' name, yeah, in Jesus' mighty name, yeah. We don't want to. Come on, ladies, come on up. It's yeah, yeah. We're gonna believe you as a community of faith, Marlene. Marlene, yeah. But remember the radiation of God. Yes. The radiation of God, because he began a good work, and he'll finish the good work. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for the anointing in the mighty name of Jesus Hallelujah. Thank you.
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Yes. Amen. And Father, we pray for Dennis, Father. We stand in the gap for him in the name of Jesus. We come against every opposition that's come against him in Jesus' name. We bind the workings of the devil in Jesus' name, and we command you to loose your hold. Loose your hold off the company. Loose your hold off of him. Oppression leave in Jesus' name. We speak to his body in Jesus' name, and we release the healing power of God into his spine into the vertebrae right now in Jesus' name. Father, we release hope, joy, confidence in Jesus' name into Dennis. He's worked hard, Lord God. And so we ask you, Father, to refresh him, replenish him, Father, with life and hope, Father, a vision, Father. And, Father, where there's hopelessness, Father, that you're going to fill it, Lord God. Where there's disappointment, Lord God, you're going to remove that all, Lord. And he's going to breathe in a fresh vision, a fresh a fresh new way, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. And we thank you, Father, that you have the last say-so in everything everything in everything and you have already said it's been accomplished in Jesus name so father encourage his heart as he has encouraged so many others as he has taken care of so many others as he has blessed so many others father we're asking that you would pour that out upon him now let him receive what he has sown lord in Jesus name amen Lord, what the enemy intends for evil, that you're going to turn it around for good in the name of Jesus, our Messiah, in Christ's name, amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, not just Dennis or Susan, but she carries this as well. She carries her husband and shares the business. What the enemy intended for evil, you truly turn it around for good. And they both have been such a blessing in the church and to your people, to others. Thank you for restoring back what the enemy has stolen sevenfold. In Jesus' mighty name. Strengthen their shoulders, Lord. Strengthen their backbone, Lord. Strengthen it, Father, because of the weight they've had to carry. Strengthen it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. You can all give each other a hug. You're all anointed. Hallelujah. You're all special. Hallelujah. And you, uh, Ryan, when you get a little piano music for our fellowship and exit. (laughs) 